0: Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're back in the archive checking out this episode. I wanted to give you a heads up that while the episode you're about to hear may be a little bit older, we still stand behind all of our advice and actionable takeaways. However, we may mention resources that are no longer available. The best way to get our up-to-date resources is going to feelgoodretail.com podcast and checking out what we have there. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Retail for the Rest of Us, a podcast for indie retailers, makers, and shop owners who want to do business differently. I'm your host, Janine Malone, retail expert, small business cheerleader, and the founder of Feel Good Retail. On this show, you'll hear insights, strategies, and ideas on how to sustain and scale your shop without sacrificing your sanity. Each week, you'll hear from me and the occasional guest expert in what I hope feels more like a voice note from your retail BFF than a business podcast. Additional goodies and support can be found in our show notes and at feelgoodretail.com. Now, let's get into the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Retail for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Janine Malone, and today I want to talk about making assumptions. You know what they say don't. <laughs> I like starting off with a dad joke. No, but seriously, assumptions are the enemy of a strategy, right? Yes, of course. Occasionally, we have to assume that a new product is going to do well because of things we've learned in the past. We can't be mind readers. We don't have crystal balls as indie retailers. Unfortunately, trust me, if I could invent a crystal ball, I could sell to all of you. I would do it and I would be a billionaire and I swear I would be a good one, even though there are no good ones, but I would try. That all being said, I really want to talk about assumptions versus analytics today because that is another thing I find when I see retailers struggling to grow is that they are using their assumptions to drive their strategy as opposed to what is actually happening inside their business. We'll talk about why I think that happens and we'll talk about a few quick metrics, key metrics that you can be looking at regularly to get past maybe the belief that you have that you're not good at analytics or you're not good at math or you're not good at strategy because you're creative. I am going to tell you that by being able to check in with a few of these stats, you are going to be unstoppable. All of your creativity is going to have a direct channel to be funneled into, and it's going to feel so amazing and so powerful. Before we get there, couple of housekeeping notes. Yes, it's me reminding you again, that we have a community survey happening right now. If you go to the link in our show notes, or if you go to feelgoodretail.com, you can help us out by filling out a quick survey. It's about five to 10 minutes long, depending on how wordy you are. And it's essentially helping me shape the next phase of feel good retail. And I would really, really love your input to do so. So if you're available, if you want more of this, if you want the podcast to get better, if you want courses or resources or community to return to this space, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it if you took the time to give us your thoughts. So grateful, in fact, that one of our survey participants will win a 45 minute one on one consulting session with me, which is Not available anywhere else. This is the only way you can get on my calendar at this moment in time, and I really, really cannot wait to get to set this time aside and dive into the opportunities inside of one of your businesses. So take a moment, fill that out, help me help you, help all of the indie retailers in our community. It means the world to me, and I really, really would love your two cents. It's actually worth so much more than two cents to me. (laughs) The other um, little announcement is that I have revived one of our favorite freebies of all time, the Ultimate Indie Retailer Resource Guide. If you go to feelgoodretail.com or the link in the show notes, surprise, surprise, you know where to find these links all the time. That's where they're going to be. Inside, there are over a hundred recommendations, things that I have used, love, recommend, have my stamp of approval. All of the things um, inside this guide. And again, that's everything from Shopify apps to service providers to self-care practices that I really love suggesting for shopkeepers. So it's a great, great resource. It's awesome to just have in your back pocket for the next time you're looking for something to solve a problem in your business, or you need a five-minute break, or you're starting to think about the strategy of what comes next. It's one of my favorite things that I've ever made frankly, and I'm so excited that it's back and updated and got a couple of the things I found in the last few months working one-on-one with indie retailers, just like you. So grab that at the link in the show notes, feelgoodretail.com. And now let's talk about assumptions. I like to say that 90% of building a plan is being able to pinpoint where there's opportunity inside of your business. and to really understand where you're going, right? to have a precise destination or goal in place. because if you don't have a clear vision of where you're headed, how are you supposed to know how to get there? and how do you know when you've arrived, right? I think that that comes with the idea of success often, um, at least for me, and I'm sure a handful of you out there can relate, but, Sometimes without a definition of what success is, of what a good sales day looks like or you know those kind of benchmarks that we're looking for in terms of like success, it can be really tricky to know when to celebrate, right? And I don't know. I'm I'm looking for any and all excuse to celebrate these days. So when I started thinking about analytics, which is something you know I love, um in fact, I just taught a seminar at the Fair Trade Federation's conference in Long Beach, where I dove into some of the things we're going to be talking about today about how to become more strategic in your business. Because I think that for a lot of indie retailers who tend to be so creative and really have an eye for trends, for aesthetics, and for products, maybe you're even the person making and conceiving of all the products in your business, or some of the products in your business, that is such an incredible skill. I would argue that that is a skill that is harder to teach than the ones I aim to teach retailers. I don't know how to teach someone how to be more creative. I am constantly blown away by the folks that I talk to and the products that they're creating and dreaming up and the ways that they are sharing those products with their community. Actually, the longer I'm in this business, the more I want to step away from the marketing piece and really help creatives be better business operators. Because that's something I know how to do. I think I'm relatively creative. I'm creative in my own right. I like my aesthetic and I like what I like. But y'all do something different. (laughs) You know how to appeal to the masses, how to take something that is so deeply personal and shape it into something physical and offer it to your community. And that's really special. But I found that a lot of retailers who have that skill have a hard time embracing the strategic part of their business. And that is something I feel really passionate about altering, about being able to translate let's say like business jargon into something that is really actionable really digestible and really like demystifying frankly and the first thing that comes up is again this kind of idea of like not knowing where to start or feeling like you're just guessing right like you're just guessing what you should be focused on last week we talked about doing too much and so this is almost, I don't know if it's the opposite exactly, because it's not doing too little. I don't think any of you are doing too little. I don't think I'd ever say that. But it is this feeling of being frozen or feeling like you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall, or that you are not seeing things totally clearly when it comes to where there's opportunity inside of your business. And so I want to dive into that a little bit today. And bring it back to our episode last week where we talked about doing less better and the three elements of a sustainable sales strategy. So number one, you are not bad at math. You are not bad at analytics. You are not bad at strategy. You are just not practiced potentially. Maybe some of you are like, girl, I got this. I am good. But I would say, A vast majority of the retailers I work with have not necessarily a blind spot, but a fear of diving into the data behind their business. And I really come from a place of wanting to marry information with intuition. I don't think that blindly following the numbers is going to necessarily lead to success. I think it can feel really disempowered and disembodied. um, When you start to do that, when you start to just do things exactly by the book, it doesn't feel as genuine and authentic. But when you take the information and you know how to utilize your intuition and apply your creativity, you will be undoubtedly guided towards incredible solutions. You will come up with amazing creative new ideas. And find unique and aligned paths forward specifically for your business and your brand, the brand that you are building. However, in order to know where to focus that brilliant force, you need to have high quality information. You cannot be running on assumptions. And I would say you can utilize some qualitative information, of course, but the numbers They're gonna help. They're gonna help you be better at what you do. The stats, the sales reports, the KPIs, all of that is actually going to allow you to be more creative. And I will die on that hill, okay? Now, analysis doesn't have to be complicated. When I do it with my laptop and my double monitor and all my Excel spreadsheets, like, listen, that is genuinely my happy place, and I do not care who knows it. I am a color coded, freak. I love a spreadsheet. I'm a freak in the sheets, you guys. (laughs) And it's just something that I find really fascinating. Blame it on my Capricorn moon, right? I want to dive into the numbers and make those connections. I can spend hours in Google Analytics and in your email service provider and doing all those things. In fact, it's one of the things I love doing most is auditing businesses. But You don't have to do that. If you're not comfortable doing those things, you know, it's my dream that maybe someday you will be, maybe you will follow in my footsteps, (laughs) but for now, just simply looking at three magic numbers every single week, or even every single month will allow you to focus on an area of your business that requires attention and spoiler alert, they are going to connect back to the three elements of a sustainable sales strategy. Yes. Can you believe it? There is a method to my madness. In fact, I would venture to say that the analytics that you're tracking, the ones we're going to be talking about in just one moment are the indicators to let you know if your sales strategy is working or if your strategy needs tweaking. So it's kind of like this beautiful symbiotic relationship. So as a reminder, The three elements of our sustainable sales strategy are a way to grow your audience, a way to create context around your shop, and a way to sell your product and focus on your customer experience. So our numbers, our analytics that we're going to be looking at regularly to help us drive that strategy forward are our traffic, how many people are visiting you, our conversion rate of those people, how many are purchasing. And your average order value, what is the average value of the purchases that are being made of each transaction? Now, there aren't really industry standards for these numbers. So the first step, if you're ready to move from assumption to analysis, is to start just tracking these numbers and observing them understand the baseline for your business. You can even go back in the history of your business and start to get at least a handful of these numbers. Traffic, if you're an e-commerce business, you can look up on Google Analytics or in Shopify or in your Squarespace site. They should have at least traffic numbers for the last couple of months your average order value, super easy to calculate. All you're going to need to do is take this total sales. So whatever at the end of the month or the end of the week you've made in total and divide it by the number of transactions that you had. So if you made $10,000 out of a hundred sales, then you've got a hundred dollar average order value. Easy enough conversion rate on the other hand can be a little bit tricky to do in hindsight, especially if you only have a brick and mortar business and not e-commerce so you can't use something like you Google Analytics to track your traffic. That being said, there are pretty good industry standards. Typically I like to see indie retailers converting one and a half to two percent of traffic on their website if not higher and at least 40 percent of the traffic that's coming into their store if not higher. So again, you may be way higher than the numbers that I'm stating. But that's kind of where you should be aiming as a minimum conversion rate to calculate it. If you're interested in doing that work in hindsight, maybe you're going to leave that little math hat on and get your calculator out. Love that for you. (laughs) To calculate your conversion rate, you're going to divide the number of transactions divided by the total number of traffic for that same period of time. So let's say last month, you had 100 transactions. And to get that 100 transactions, you had 2000 people come to your website, you would divide 100 by 2000, which is 5%. So you have a 5% conversion rate, which is unbelievable, incredible, beautiful on e commerce. So That is how you calculate. And again, I would say, go back and do the last couple of months if you have access to those numbers. If you don't use those industry standards that I just stated and kind of start to get a sense of where you are falling. Okay, let's get into the example I promised, because I think it's going to help illustrate why moving from assumption to analytics is really critical and can help make a significant difference in your business. At the end of last year, I was approached by a business owner who I've known for quite some time, but never had the pleasure of working with, to help them strategize for 2023. She has an ambitious sales goal and, coming out of the last couple of years of the pandemic, wanting to make sure that she is sustaining the growth that she's acquired, which is amazing, right? Some retailers really did see significant growth, particularly to their e commerce channels in the past few years. And now they're trying to figure out. Is that money going to stick around? Is it going to move from e-commerce to brick and mortar, etc.? And the ask of our first conversation was, can you help me figure out a strategy for paid ads? We've never done paid before. I really want to be getting more eyeballs to the website. I really want to start experimenting with Google AdWords, with Facebook and Instagram marketing, and any other platforms that you see potential in. I said, great, let me take a look. I've learned over the years to always start with analysis because sometimes the things we think we need are actually solutions to a problem we don't have. And that is jazz. (laughs) Just kidding. And that is really, really critical and really the inspiration for this episode. So I said, sounds amazing. This was kind of close to the holidays. I said, why don't you end the year strong Give me your logins. I'm going to dive into your sales channels. I'm going to dive into Google Analytics and I'm going to do a high-level analysis and audit of the brand over the last couple of years. The first thing I noticed almost immediately upon logging in was that traffic was not the problem. This brand has been very consistent in terms of getting people to visit their website, averaging 20 to 30,000 views a month. That being said, over the last few years, while the traffic has been consistent, the online conversion rate is the thing that's been slipping. People are having a hard time adding to cart. There's a lot of searches on the site. They're not converting to join the email list, even if they leave empty handed. And to me, that is a juicier, lower hanging fruit than getting more people to the website. Because what it tells me is that there's something on the site that isn't optimized. Their conversion rate is not optimized, and there's more opportunity there. Because there are people coming to the site, there are tons of people who understand the brand who see something they like, whether on social media or an email, or are recommended to a friend, and they're getting there, they just aren't having an easy time finding what they need. And so that is shaping their entire strategy going into 2023. And if we hadn't taken the time to dive in and look at those high level numbers, of course, this analysis took a lot longer, and there were a lot more takeaways than the one I'm sharing here. But that really stood out to me. Something as simple as checking the traffic versus the conversion rate versus the average order value based on the price point of the shop really highlighted to me that the priority is focused on conversion rate, not on driving traffic. So we're not going to play with paid ads, we're not going to waste that money, we're going to take that budget and utilize it on optimizing the website on making some amazing automations on creating an irresistible lead magnet or opt in bribe to get folks to join the email list, even if they haven't found exactly what they wanted today. And so utilizing that we're able to take her team's incredible vision. They are total brand builders. I really can't wait to dive in and get to the nitty-gritty of how this customer experience should feel as an ecosystem. But again, without looking at those numbers, we would have been pulling the assumption that we just need more eyeballs, when actually we have plenty. So, I hope that's helpful. I hope that it's inspired you to open Google Analytics to take down a couple of numbers to dive a little bit more deeply into what's going on in the data behind your business and use that information to drive your creativity forward. Until next time, thanks for being here. Thanks for bearing with me while we talked about numbers. Cheers to feeling good. Thanks for listening to retail for the rest of us. Find additional information and resources related to this episode in the show notes or on our website, feelgoodretail.com. This show was lovingly produced and edited by Softer Sounds, a feminist podcast studio. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to text it to your business bestie, share it on social media and leave us a rating or review. It really helps the show grow organically and we love making new friends. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being in business and cheers to feeling good.